What if I told you loving yourself could change your life? It can, and I know from experience. I'm Lo, and this is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Everyone is worthy of self-love and guilty of letting others develop narratives about you. It's time to shut that down and own your narrative. Let's cut out the negativity and let yourself shine. It's never too late to love yourself inside out. Welcome back, listeners. Can you believe it? We had such an awesome episode last week. I mean, so many good things about pageantry and just self-confidence boosting and self-love and, you know, just becoming your best self. And so this episode, we have even more. We're finishing up the interview with Michelle. She is here. So we've talked about pageant systems as a whole, but there's a lot that goes into pageants. So what is it that you know, are the kind of most typical things people need to compete in when they're in a pageant? So some pageants have required introductions where you're on stage giving a maybe 30 second to a minute speech about yourself. Some pageants have required, like I talked about earlier, swimsuit or fitness wear, or some pageants take that as casual wear or fun fashion. There's lots of different names. You kind of have to, when you're looking at a system, look into what the requirements are and what kind of outfits you're going to be wearing. Every pageant system that I know does have formal wear or evening gown. And then, of course, the the interview. So those are definitely the two required ones. And then everything else is kind of that's where you kind of pick and choose what system you want to go into. But that that evening gown is they want to see you on stage feeling your best, seeing how you would react to maybe being at a gala or if you're at a speaking event and you're in your formal dress, how do you carry yourself? How comfortable do you feel on stage? And of course, the interview to me is the most important aspect of any system because as a title holder, your one job is communicating with everyone around you. Say you get sent to a nursing home and then an elementary school and then you're interviewed on the news all in the same day. You need to know how to talk. You need to know how to answer questions. And you need to know what message you want to send to the world, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I mean, every practice we have, we go over all the walking, the different, you know, walks, which we'll get into in a minute because it's not just one style of walk. I've learned <laughs> there are very many different styles and personality and attitude that you can put into them. Um, but also we go over interview questions all the time. And I would say, you know, especially in interview, I think I've had the biggest growth in some ways in that, in terms of like how I'm starting to answer the questions more interjecting myself into them versus just giving a blanket, you know, PR statement of sorts, <laughs> um, which is good. But with evening gown, you know, Let's talk about that for a minute, because that one does seem to be across most systems. What goes into picking out like a dress or how does that whole process work with getting evening gown competition ready? So obviously your dress is what we're going to be focusing on first. And you need to feel like you put on this dress. It was made for you and that you have never felt more beautiful in your entire life because when you feel good you will walk good and you will present yourself in the best light so i always tell girls like close your eyes and imagine like a word that you want the audience and the judges to see so that when you walk on stage they're like oh she looks so sophisticated or ooh, a little edgy or maybe modern but like what is your word that you want to encompass and show so when you feel that or when you see that, that's the gown that we need to put you in because when you feel good, again, you will 
present yourself in the best light. Yeah, and that walk is a slow walk, right? Like you're giving the dress a moment and you're, I guess, kind of presenting yourself in it on stage, but you want the dress to have a moment up there, right? Is that? You want the dress to have a moment, but girl, that moment is yours. So we need to be sure that we are looking at you and not just the dress too. So sometimes it happens where the dress can overpower the girl. So if we're seeing the dress before you, we might need to change dresses essentially, because if you walk out and all I see is dress, then we might need to scale it back a little bit. But yes, that dress needs to have a moment, but most importantly, you need to have a moment and you will have that moment when you feel good, when you are on stage and all the spotlights and all the eyes are on you and you feel like you have just floated down that runway, there is such an amazing feeling from that. No, and that's an excellent point because in my head, I've actually been telling myself when I've been practicing walking, the dress needs to have a moment, slow down. Like that's how I'm getting myself to slow down, but I will change that narrative. (laughs) You need to have a moment. It's your time on stage. (laughs) It's like a hand slap right now because yes, no, I've been talking to myself about the dress getting the moment, but really it's going to be me getting the moment in the dress. (laughs) Yes. Because you you could wear a paper sack down the runway and walk just as well, but it is all about you and how good you feel on stage. Yeah, and that that's one thing. So anybody who's questioning like this self-love journey and if it's really, you know, a big thing and all of that with pageantry, it is like you have to love yourself to do these and you have to pep yourself up because like we've talked about, there's so many other people that are competing and it's you know, people judging you for a single minute in time or a moment that you're out there. And so it's like, you've got to be able to tell yourself like you're good no matter what's happening and that, you know, you're worthy of the crown, just like everyone else competing. And I have met some of the strongest people that have been competing since I've started like immersing myself in this world. I feel like Lacey, who, you know, it was so cool meeting her. Lacey is somebody that Michelle also coaches and I've had the opportunity now to like go watch her in person and spend the weekend there. And it was like, that was such a pivotal moment, I think in my journey of um, competing because I got to see a little bit behind the scenes, but also Lacey got to give me some perspective on what she's been doing, but she is such a confident woman. Like, I guess when you're coaching all these different types of people and someone like Lacey, like, you know, What do you think? Because she just won a huge title. Like if you want to share a little bit about what she won and like what it was like talking with her after that winning because you were there that night when she won. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lacey is an incredible story. Lacey, you know, was involved in in an accident years ago and was told she wasn't going to be able to walk again. And by the time she contacted me, I'll never forget that email. She introduced herself and said, hey, by the way, I walk with a cane. Would you still be able to help me? Of course, I'm with my background in kinesiology, I was like, you know what, I actually think I, I will be able to help you. Now, I don't know if I can help you get off the cane, but let's bling out that cane. And if that's what you want to do, let's let's use it on stage. So um, I was super inspired the first time she came in to where she is now, because, again, she was told she was never going to be able to walk. And this last title that she won, Miss World Ambassador, she was walking unassisted on stage and seeing the transformation of where we came from and where she is now. She is the definition of resilience and can prove to anybody that you can do or have anything and still become a pageant queen. Yeah. I mean, she killed it on stage. I was watching from my computer because it was in Florida, so I was not there. But I mean, her dress was on point. She like made that dress pop and she just looked so confident. Like when they panned and showed her, you could just tell like she was in it. She was feeling amazing. 
And she was so proud of herself in that moment. Like you could see it radiating off, radiating off of her. And so when she did win, like, you know, what was the excitement like with her? Oh, she was thrilled. We were all thrilled. Uh, I'm so happy that I got to be there to share that moment with her. But um, I think above all, I just wanted to go back to what you just said about like, she was so proud of herself, but that should be anybody on stage. You should be proud of the fact that you took the time to strap on those heels, put on a dress and walk in front of people. Cause that for anybody deserves huge accolades and huge congratulations, because that's, that's honestly what it's all about, regardless of what happened in the past or whatever, that moment of you being on stage is a huge hurdle for most people. Cause most people might never have the confidence to even attempt something like that. So know that if you stepped on stage in a pageant dress and heels, like you have already essentially in my mind won. Yeah, no, that is so true. I feel like that moment I do, I'm going to be like, okay, this is everything that I've been building up to. But let's talk about those heels for a minute because <laughs> those heels are no joke. Um, you know, I've shared on here that I've fallen in those heels. It has been, I don't know if every practice, but almost every practice. This last practice, though, I fell for a much different reason. The first times I fell, it was because I was intimidated and I was getting in my head about walking and I started doing that like little tiny step walk and you know I was totally afraid to turn or anything like I just kept feeling like I was off balance I was gonna fall um and I did I I've, I've learned to fall pretty good in those heels gracefully very gracefully <laughs> yeah. this last time though I fell because I was giving attitude in the way I was doing a pose like I threw the pose too far. Like I was testing my boundaries and I was like, I've got this, you're going to keep going. Um, but something changed this last fall. I think it actually gave me the confidence now to where I feel totally comfortable in the shoes because I've put them on multiple times since. And it's like, I don't have the little voice in my head. That's like, you're going to fall. Um, I think because I got back up after the last fall and I kept going, it was the first time in a pageant practice where I've worn the heels the entire two hours that we've had. Yes. And it was a game changer. Like, even though I struggled for a minute after and I needed to sit and breathe and just think through it, you know, and the voice started to creep in, like, take the shoes off, put on your tennis shoes. But I don't know, something was just different about that. And I think because you jumped in right away and you were like, well, it's because you were trying this new thing. and Which I love. This was the most personality, the most energy that you brought to any pageant practice. So falling for those reasons are great. That means that you found a boundary and you're pushing yourself to be better. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's a new attitude coming out in a good way, you know, showing who I am and what I can be on stage is finally happening. So you see, I did need all this long time prep because it's taken me until now to really feel comfortable in the shoes. And those shoes are really high. Like, do you have tips for walking in heels? Because I had watched, you know, YouTube videos prior to meeting with you the first time and getting heels. And I just remember actually... I'm going to jump before I have you give tips on walking in those heels because they're really high when you get up into the upper divisions. They're much higher than what a, a younger, you know, female might wear on stage. But I remember watching videos thinking, okay, I'll, I'll teach myself kind of like how I need to do this, which they did not help. The YouTube videos did not help me. But I also remember, you know, buying a few pairs of heels because I didn't have any anywhere close to that height. And then I remember you sent me an email with like, hey, this is what you're looking for. And I was like, oh my gosh, those are high. Like they were higher than the ones I had been looking at. I was totally caught off guard in that way that they were such high heels. 
So what tips would you give? Because it can be really intimidating and daunting when you're used to wearing flats or just like normal heels that you might be wearing to work or, you know, just out on a Friday night or something. So the best tip I have is to just practice in those heels, because of course, when you're in flats to when you're in heels, your weight distribution is completely different. So typically what happens is we feel comfortable being super back weighted. And so when we put on those heels, with super high platforms and we're kind of leaning backwards into the heels that's when we feel like all the pressures on our ankle and we're going to wobble quite a bit so like you and i have talked about before when you take a step get your weight all the way over so that your spine is essentially in the middle of your foot because that's where you're most balanced so if you don't quite know where that is for guys who are listening if you are just standing on one foot essentially like if you're just you have your feet underneath your hips and then you shift your weight over to one foot and you're standing like a little tree feel what your weight is. It's going to be in the middle ball of your foot. Essentially, that's where it's the widest. And that's where you're going to feel the most balanced. That's where you should be feeling the weight when you're walking in your shoes. But again, a lot of us tend to be like, whoa, I'm about to fall. So then we back weight ourselves. And then we send that leg forward. And we're not completely over the foot. So that's when we start to really feel wobbly. Yeah. And I think something that really helped me learn a little bit more about like what I was doing wrong was when you had me Um, at the hotel lobby when we were practicing walking down in that breakfast area and you had me like put one foot up against the wall and trying to like see how I was walking you know against the wall it made me realize like just how wrong (laughs) everything was with my thing I couldn't even do um, I think one foot worked the right way and then the other one it was like my leg was bent funny like I couldn't even get it straight the way she had mentioned so (laughs) Since then, I had that's when I started really telling myself, okay, you need to walk heel toe, heel toe like, and I'm very intentional with my heel toe walking now, and mm-hmm. like very making sure that I'm taking the right steps. So that's why coaching is also important with walking because I watched the videos in advance, trying to come in acting like I knew what I was doing, and only to fall multiple times in this journey. <laughs> um, that's okay, and everybody. I think this was hard about like a blanket YouTube videos. Everybody is built differently and everybody walks differently. So it's finding out, you know, cause sometimes we don't realize we're taking those tiny little baby steps. Like you were in the very beginning. And so you're, you're wondering why you're falling off balance. It takes that third eye to be like, Whoa, if you take bigger steps, cause you have really long legs, you'll probably feel a little bit more balanced. So that's why that one-on-one coaching is super invaluable. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Especially if you're not comfortable in that high of heel, like you can get comfortable cause I am now, but it's not the easiest. Okay, so interview is the big one. And I know we focus a lot on that in our pageant practices because it's something, I don't know, I kind of feel like my personal opinion is it can make or break whether you're going to be crowned or not or end up in that top three um, because it is so important. Like, what could you tell somebody, I guess, in terms of like a tip or how to practice, you know, coaching themselves on getting through that interview portion? I think one of the biggest things that girls struggle with when we start talking about interview is feeling comfortable talking about themselves because as a society, we tend to be like, oh, she's bragging or she's talking. But so a lot of girls, like you had mentioned earlier in our discussion, they're not putting themselves into their answers. So they're just trying to give the PC answer of this is this is what this should be. But it's like, well, what do you feel about it? Because at the end of the day, when you walk out of the room, the judges need to know you. And a lot of the time, these interviews are short. They're like three to five minutes. So when you walk out of the room, those judges should still feel like they know who you are as a person and essentially who you're going to be when you have that crown and sash on your head. So the hardest thing is, 
talking about yourself, but also finding out what exactly do you want the judges to know about you and how can we put that into each and every question that we're given. So get comfortable with that. And sometimes that getting comfortable with it means that you're very uncomfortable because sometimes when we start to really dive in about how do I really feel about this? What do I really want from this? We find some things that maybe we've repressed. Um, my husband kind of jokes with me sometimes because he's like, well, you make girls cry all the time. And I'm like, I don't mean to make them cry because it's happened multiple times with multiple contestants. We ask these questions and they have to go introspectively into things that maybe they haven't talked about or even thought about. And when was the last time someone truly looked at you and said, I really want to know what makes you amazing. And you have to, you're like, whoa, I haven't been asked that maybe ever. And so to dive down deep into that brings up some feelings. So yeah, he's always like, you made people cry again, didn't you? And I'm like, but it was for a good reason. <laughs> we, <laughs> we wanted to, we found, we found some stuff, we dug up some stuff and now they're going to be more confident because of it. So yeah, sometimes getting comfortable, means that you have to get a little bit uncomfortable with talking about yourself. And I can attest that is true. I cried at the last pageant <laughs> practice right when we sat down to start talking interview stuff. You know, like I, I was like, is it okay to include like this type of stuff in, you know, in my answers? And it, as I was explaining to her everything that I was thinking or wondering if I should like even try to intertwine, like I started crying and I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Like, let me get through this. Because it was... You know, it's it's tough when you do think about those things. It, it is really hard to just put it all out there. And it's funny because, it, as I explained to her too, like here I do this podcast, but I'm not actually seeing anyone when I'm doing it. I'm like sitting in a room usually, you know, and it's me talking to myself and being recorded. So it's not the same as seeing somebody react to what you're saying. And I think that too is a big point of interviews because working with you is much different than when I ask myself questions or if I'm watching an old pageant and I'm trying to think like, how would I answer that question that they just were asked? It's a much different thing when somebody is reacting to what you're saying or acknowledging it. And so practice with somebody else. That's one thing I learned. You need to practice with somebody else because those emotions are going to come up that they may not when you're alone, just going over questions in your head or coming up with answers to things. Oh, things sound great in your head. You're looking through a list of questions. You're like, I would nail that, nail that, nail that. And the second you start talking out loud, seeing someone else react to it, as you said, things sound very different. They do. They do. So yeah, that interview, I would say, is definitely tricky. Even if you're used to talking and doing all that stuff, like it's something to focus on. Like that's one of the areas that I constantly am like trying to think about, okay, how do I answer that the right way? And I remember you gave me feedback at one point, like, you need to put yourself in it right away versus saying like this blanket statement than trying to like put myself in it, you know, flip how I was doing it. So, you know, that's something definitely to think about. It's not like you can just go out there and just start answering questions. You've got to have intention behind it, like you said, and prepare. And I totally agree with that because it tr just going through it and practice with you, it's like, it's eye-opening to how that really goes or and it's such a short amount of time, right? It's not like you have minutes upon minutes to answer. You need to get to the answer and make it clear, right? Right away. Oh, absolutely. Because you could have three to five minutes in an interview room. And if you've spent the entire five minutes answering one question, you might have judges that were trying to ask you another question or they wanted to push you in a different direction and they weren't able to do so. So you want to get to the point and try to answer as, as quickly and efficiently as possible while still making a connection. Yeah. 
And so that leads me to like, there's on stage questions, right? Which is different sometimes than like the interview questions. So in an on stage question, like, what's your goal with that one? Like, why do they do an on stage question? They want to see how quickly you can react under pressure in a larger setting. So, you know, as a title holder, who knows, you might get asked to be at a gala and you have to present an award on stage and they ask you a question. Are you going to be able to answer? Or if you get interviewed by the news and they're like, hey, here's my next title holder and they ask you some hard hitting questions, can you answer them? So on stage questions tend to be a little bit more politically motivated as far as the older categories go, or maybe a little bit more current events but they just want to see how knowledgeable you are and how quickly you can think on your feet. And that question is definitely kind of directed to broad audience as opposed to just forming a connection. So those are typically more opinion-based questions and you want to try to make sure that you're including the audience in your answer. Oh, no, that's a great tip because watching those, you can say like it's when you're watching somebody, you're like, oh, that was really good or okay, they kind of missed the mark there and you can see it. So it is really important to make sure you're doing that. So there's this whole thing like optionals and if you could kind of just what are optionals and why would people compete in an optional competition? So again, depending on the pageant system, a lot of systems offer optionals as far as photogenic or spokesmodel or maybe a, a photo shoot that's being judged or maybe a talent competition. But that's just another way to kind of showcase your skills. I always encourage optionals because it's a chance for you to kind of get the nerves out because for the most part optionals are done prior to required competition so say it's your first pageant or maybe you know you haven't been on stage in a little bit like jump in on that casual wear or do something that gets you on stage so that you've been on the stage you've been under the lights you've looked at those judges and you're a little bit warmer before you go into those required competitions because optionals will not count towards your final score but it's just a fun way for you to get those nerves out be on stage and then maybe highlight yourself a little bit. If you know you're super good at talent, inner talent, get a confidence boost before you're seen in evening out. If you're really good at speaking, enter that spokesmodel competition, get used to holding a microphone on stage because hopefully you're holding a microphone on stage for that top five or top three question on stage. So that way you've been there, you've experienced it. So the next time you're on stage, you're used to it. No, that's excellent. Yeah, the more exposure I feel like during pageant weekend, like I just... I, you know, it's like, I want to get up there and do that first thing on stage and you want it to go well. So yeah, if it is the optional, like that makes total sense getting it that way. Like I know I'm competing in an optional. I'm super excited about it and I'm already like prepping for it. And I have pageant boot camp coming up next weekend or not nice. next week in two weekends from now. Yeah. It's two weekends from now. Um, and so I'm excited to learn a little bit more about what all that you know, my optional is going to cover and a little bit more about the pageant system as a whole. You know, All the insight I can get is what I'm going for in this pageant journey. And Michelle has been so helpful with all of that. So pageant weekend, if you could give some advice, because I imagine like right now I'm sitting here saying like, oh yeah, I feel ready. I feel good. You know, like I'm going to go and go do this. But I'm assuming as I either drive up to the hotel or maybe that first time I do actually have to do something, nerves are going to set in. Like, what should I be thinking when I'm standing there waiting to go on stage for the first time or even during all the competitions? Like, what should I be thinking pageant weekend? Well, just know that nerves are good. And I always say that because nerves mean that you are excited and that means that you want this. So turn those nerves 
into that passion that obviously drove you to that hotel or to that pageant weekend. So that means you want this because if you didn't care about it, you wouldn't be nervous. So I think they're a positive thing. Know that the unexpected could happen that weekend as well. Um, things might not always go the way that we've exactly planned. We've coached because, you know, some girls have shown up to pageants and maybe they've changed the walking pattern a little bit, but be confident enough in your skills that if you have to maybe walk from the left to the right or right to the left, you're good enough to do that at that point because you've practiced so much. Know that you are prepared and that don't compare yourself to anybody else. Those would be my two biggest piece of it know you're prepared because sometimes you get there and that little voice inside her head oh like oh my god i should have practiced more oh my if i'd only walked one more time you've done the work you're ready that weekend and don't worry about what anyone else is doing on stage in fact i wouldn't even recommend like watching the other girls like sometimes it's easy to want to peek our head around the corner and watch them while they're walking on stage because in that little voice oh well she's walking a little differently than what i plan to do stick to your plan because again you're prepared and don't compare yourself to anyone because we don't know what exactly those judges are looking for. No, that's true. That's a really good point about not watching what they're doing or if you are like not taking it in and trying to change last minute. Mm -hmm. That's true. Like being prepared is everything. And I feel like after or even in the few months that I have left, I feel like I'm going to gain more little things and be just really ready to go by the time because I feel like we've been working towards that and keeping a pretty good timeline with like progression. At least I hope we've been progressing. <laughs> okay. Yes. I feel yes. like I've been progressing. Okay. Um, but I, I also feel like it's coming up very quickly now. I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, you and I are meeting in October. We have December and then like January. That's three more sessions. So when you look at it that way, it's a little bit freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been preparing left. for years. <laughs> no. and look at it in the broad scheme yes. of things. You've been preparing for so long. Yes. You are you are gonna be so ready. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see you step foot on that stage. I can't either. I'm super excited about it. So before we sign off, I I just want to know like what's been your favorite either like pageant experience from back in the day or like your favorite coaching experience thus far? Like what's something that you just love about it? I think it's a, it's hard to pick a favorite pageant experience um, because I had really good experiences with all the pageants that I competed in. And again, I use those skills, I swear, daily, not only just coaching, but, you know, walking into a room. And I think that people take notice of how you carry yourself and how you're able to talk to people. So I say just my favorite experience is just the skills that I learned. And then I'm proud of all of my clients. I, I don't think I have a favorite client experience other than just, I feel like a mom when my girls are on stage and I am not a nervous person. I can compete and I will not break a sweat, but when my girls are on stage, you better believe like I'm fanning my armpits because I'm sweating because I, I feel like such a proud mom in that moment. Um, regardless if it's their first pageant or their 15th pageant, I'm I'm there with them, you know, making sure that, that they feel supported and they feel, you know, ready to go. But man, do I still get nervous myself for them? <laughs> I just, I want them to do so well. So, um, but yeah, I just, I love seeing the transformation. Not, not only, you know, my little girls becoming into teens who then compete in a mess, but like, even with you, like the two year transformation that you have taken has been absolutely incredible to witness from the first time we met. And I, again, I love that, you know, the date when we met on that zoom meeting to now, like you're a completely different person. 
No, your, your confidence, the way you carry yourself. Yeah. Like I am so proud of everything that you've done to get to this point. And I, I think that that is going to carry you so far in life, regardless past January, past that pageant, like you have made changes to be such an incredible person. Well, thank you so much for that. And, you know, couldn't have done it without you because you really did at a time that I was kind of struggling with like the self-love still and like figuring out like, where did I want to go? You know, I was kind of still lost and finding this pageant and then finding you, I think was just like meant to be a, it's something I needed to keep going and moving forward. And so I'm just so thankful for everything you've taught me and the guidance you've given and, you know, the, what's coming up in the future. I'm excited for what we do together in the future. So everyone who's listening, pageants can change your life. Absolutely. They are totally a self-love thing. If you have thought differently about them, I hope we have changed your mind about that because they are an amazing experience. And whether it's you wanting to go into a pageant or you're looking for some other activity, invest in yourself. It is totally worth the budget commitment. It is worth the time commitment. It is worth, you know, the sacrificing that does happen because I'm not going to lie, sacrifices happen, but you know, like getting a part-time job, I've sacrificed so much free time um, with it, but all of it is going towards this pageant. And that is like the number one thing on my book right now, aside from my husband and family, obviously, but, you know, invest in you and amazing things are going to come. So Michelle, thank you so, so much for joining me on this podcast. And this podcast wouldn't be the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast without you. So I'm so excited that you are the first guest. It's so fitting and you shared amazing insights. So thank you for everything. And thank you for being my coach. Oh my goodness. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been my honor and my pleasure. And I'm glad that I've been a part of this journey. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in the last couple episodes here with me, Lo, and then Michelle, my coach. You can check her out online. Michelle, can you let them know where they can find you? Absolutely. So my website is www.michelleellenjones.com. So that's everything pageants. If you're on Instagram, it's at pageant coaching by Michelle. So any and all thing pageants, you can find me there. Absolutely. She is somebody worth following. Even if you're not into pageants, you're going to get a boost of confidence that you didn't even know you needed in the morning. She has inspirational messages and just awesome content. Like I love jumping on first thing in the morning before my day gets going to see it. So just follow even if you're not into pageantry itself. But tune in next time. We will have more amazing confidence boosting things and all that goes into self-love journeys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk soon. This is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast with Lo. That was your weekly dose of self-love with me, Lo. Want more? Tune in next week and connect with me on Instagram at Mrs. Lauren Elizabeth Jones. Send me a DM. Let me know what you want to hear, what you think, and we'll talk about it all. Join me on the next Love Yourself Inside Out podcast.